Hello and welcome to Coffee Lovers Radio. Joseph here. Joseph. Jesse. It's uh, our generic season here. Why do all coffee shops look alike, Jesse? Oh. <laughs> <laughs> I am going to completely disagree with that. Oh, okay. And say that they don't look alike, but a lot of them do. But they all have... They all have there's a lot of trends. There, like there's several very parallel trends and different styles of coffee shops that are repeated over and over and over. I feel like all the specialty shops have the same general kind of well i think in nudie so my opinion about that in like seattle there's three three different styles three different styles there's there's the classic old school one that some places still try and mimic like uptown espresso with their old oak furniture that they stock it with it kind of had that classic like 70s beat cafe sort of thing you know and that kind of some of the old school places and old buildings in seattle like they, they have some great little spaces that still feel old school so they try and replicate that. Then there's the ones that use a lot of wood that look really good. Um, like like a raw wood kind of look, right? Or just Yeah, or whatever. There's a lot of wood textures and stuff like that. And then there's the ones that want it clean and very white or very Sterilized. open, very sterile. And that's those to me are like basically two trends and new development mm-hmm. of like a lot of textures with new materials and then other ones with very little texture. So there's this article I ran across called The End of Authenticity. On um, medium, medium.com. Yeah, I'll link to that in the in the show notes. The subtitle is Why Do All Coffee Shops Look Alike? And it's kind of getting into this, the the trends of what is, what is used in a lot of specialty coffee shops, I guess, which kind of has this appearance of authenticity, but then if everyone's using it, what, is it, what does it actually mean? I don't know. I, mean, uh, I, think, I think this idea of the, the argument this person is trying to make is maybe more pertinent to Instagram. <laughs> I agree. I mean, this is shallow. I, I actually have a lot to say about this. I feel like, I mean, short answer, they're not wrong mm-hmm. in their premise of what they're saying here. The long answer is is that there's a lot of factors that would lead things to be the same, that a lot of consumers are expecting a certain level of comfort that's familiar. Also, yeah. we're beholden to what materials are available. Yeah. And handcrafted woodwork, things like that of yesteryear, those are way too expensive now for cafes to open up. You know, and so the materials have changed. So if you have to get your flooring basically at either Home Depot or, you know, lumber liquidators or whatever, like you're limited to whatever they have on stock. And there's a lot Mm of tried and true kind of color tones that they sell many, many tens of millions of square feet of this stuff. And so you inherently as a new small business owner, you're going to buy that stuff because it's going to be half the price of more authentic looking or different material that's just. There. Right. Um, yeah, that makes sense. Getting new wood floors put in—I mean, that's incredibly expensive to mm. do that. And but now they have all this composite wood, but you're still beholden to those companies that have those those materials. Yeah. Um, and just general lack of imagination. I mean, when you start getting your imagination involved in a coffee shop, you're looking at four to five hundred dollars a square foot in Seattle to build, do build outs on these things. So if you're at a thousand square foot cafe, that's five hundred thousand dollars in build out costs of just like before you yeah. get to equipment or contingency. I really like what, what Anchorhead did with their cafe downtown because they put a lot of their personality into it. And it's really fun to hear them talk about that. And they had a lot of back and forth with the building that they're in because they share that lobby entrance. Yeah. But they, and they had a lot of input. Those guys are also very intelligent when it comes to knowing what they want hmm. with those things. So they were able to get past that. But they struggled. They also spent a whole lot of money. I guess if you're going to spend three to $500 a square foot, it's sure. really nice to have your own authentic idea of what you want your cafe to look like. <laughs> yeah, I guess there is there is that very good point of coffee is a very cheap product that you don't get a lot of. It's hard as a business to get a lot of 
value from it to make any kind of money. So if you're putting together a cafe, yep. doing, doing the whole like scavenged found item thing to make yeah. your space kind of makes a lot of sense. Well, and that's where I think that it's this authenticity argument is it's a real one, especially if you're, if you're an owner of a cafe that doesn't have that imagination to make it authentic, mm. you know? So, I mean, say it's the money's obviously one factor, but not being able to, uh, come up with the ideas, you know, like Anchor had had all their ideas with them and they had some input, of course, from their designers, but like they had an idea of what their feel they wanted. And I think a lot of cafe owners, like we we're talking about the last episode, they don't really know what they're getting into. And so they mm. rely on what other formulas have already been done. Right. And if you're dealing with a contractor that's done a thousand cafes, they have a formula and they're going to say, Hey, what color scheme do you want? We have these two options and these materials available. And right. You get stuck there. But what I was going to, I guess what I'm yeah. saying is there's some really great ways of low budget cafes that are able to kind of become authentic because they work with their community. Mm-hmm. You know, I saw this, there's a, there's a new place in town. I think I saw it, um, but I've seen it in Colorado long ago, but they work with a used furniture store not a thrift store but a high-end right, yeah. furniture store right, and yeah. they will keep their cafe equipment stocked the tables and stuff stocked in there and then all that stuff's also for sale and oh so that's they really have, cool like, rotation and then it's like oh well that whole that's a brilliant table idea. set got purchased and now they have a corner of the cafe they can sort of you know oh, that's a brilliant quote, idea redesign and that is such a good business partnership yeah wow welcome to my head joseph <laughs> Thanks. Uh, yeah, that's Allison's Coffee in Boulder, Colorado that I first saw that. But they're no longer there. Now they're called The Cup. Hmm. They're on Pearl Street Mall between 13th and 14th. So for do, all of our Boulder, Colorado listeners. Do you want to make your cafe uh, a partnership with a high-end consignment furniture shop? It all depends on the cafe space, mm-hmm. location, where you are mm-hmm. and what you're looking for. So yeah. my idea for my current idea for our cafe that we're going to open is not that kind of partnership, but definitely a partnership with gotcha. the space itself. I'm happy to talk about that as those building designs come together. Another thing I like to drop out of nowhere and challenge myself is just say that I'm opening a cafe. <laughs> I'm and opening then a cafe. By the time I come back to the microphone, we'll... we'll. Yeah. <laughs> so going back to this article, I think one of the things, uh, the main thing that the, the author is trying to argue with is that we're talking about examples there where that, <laughs> that popular uh, sense of authenticity is in the affordability the like found object, putting it together with this unique kind of personality when you don't have a huge budget is like an authentic approach to making a space. But because that has become marketable due to Instagram, essentially, right. and other social media, well, uh, and like marketers take advantage of this concept of authenticity and intentionally what's... make something quote unquote authentic just to market it but then that kind of removes right i mean that's that's where is authentic that's where pure one imports ruin things right but it's like where do you get those little <laughs> random bowls of things on tables right like mm-hmm. <laughs> you you go to stores yeah. and so it looks like that's authentic but there's an entire supply chain giving that yeah pseudo authenticity to available to you know making that available to people right um and so you like it's one thing to personally go out and go buy and find all this stuff and make the knickknacks or whatever you want to put in yourself. It's another thing to go order all those knickknacks online and have the exact same feel for a customer, mm-hmm. you know, and that's sort of a, that's sort of just the day and age that we're in. Um, yeah. You know, I think we see it also with the bar designs and how we design customer flow yeah. dictates then where the espresso machine goes and then our interactions. So that inherently is going to make a certain like f- layout that's going to be, little cliche in coffee designs, you know, and you see that I remember when go get em tiger at the LA market opened up 
Mm. Um, and I finally got to go there. Uh, but they really bucked the trend on how you order coffee. It was right when the square readers, the tablet credit card processors oh. first happened. What did they do? So they're, uh, the, the central market in downtown LA is like a giant indoor flea market, farmer's mm-hmm. market with all sorts of food. And so they just have a big, long section, maybe 40 feet long. And it's all a bar with two or three espresso machines on it. Oh, interesting. And you just go up to it. And mm-hmm. there, I mean, there was, there was at least 30 people at this thing when I went to it. I mean, it was a, like a Friday or Thursday afternoon. It was busy. And you just walk right up and you catch eye with whatever staff, like a bartender, is mm-hmm. open. And they call you over to the bar. Ah, they take your drink. And whatever machine that person happens to be working with, they keep track of your order. They write it down, give it to that barista. And then there's kind of there's a couple general waiting areas for to-go drinks especially. And then they had bar seating and stuff like that. And so you just walked up and paid anywhere on the bar. Okay. We walk up yeah. to it just like you're ordering cocktails and there's three bartenders making drinks. It doesn't matter what flow it is. Like, yeah. they'll figure it out for you. And that was, that was cool. But uh, so... You know, the way we order coffee and the way we line up mm. <laughs> both helps sell coffee faster in some ways, but also it lends itself to the mm. routine of just the same counter design and the same materials and the same. Yeah, that, that makes a lot of sense. Um, I'm looking at some of these pictures and, and actually. Oh, yeah, like those light bulbs. Classic. Those yeah. are in everything. We even have one of those in our bathroom here. Well, I'm looking at the, the raw wood on the side. And what is actually is calling to mind is a really old tavern that still exists in Seattle, but not for much longer. You ever go to Teddy's Tavern in uh, Roosevelt? Only with you. Actually, the last time I think I was there was your going away party before you went to Thailand. They've been there for, I want to say, almost 35 years. Yeah. I I believe they're going to be pushed out because the light rail is jacking up all the prices in the area. Oh, yeah. But... Uh, if you if you go there, really really well known for their like mixed drinks. Um, if you go there, they have this kind of they have this like raw wood siding on the inside that has been there forever, forever. They have kind of booths off to the right, like just a couple. Mostly it's just like tables, and then there's a couple booths. The booths have always been in the same spot, and if you look on the wall, like next to the booth seating, there's an outline. Like a of, grease outline or yeah, a paint it's like, outline? It's like a grease outline. Yeah. Of thousands and thousands and thousands of people sitting yeah. over 35 and years UV there. UV light fading like in. Just yeah. leaning against the thing. Just this outline of people. And they also have like pictures of the neighborhood around. But nothing nothing aside from the TVs has really been updated in that right. place ever. Uh, so, you know, want to talk about authenticity. <laughs> Well, right, um, and that's the thing is like new cafes. They want to have the feel of something authentic. They want to like yeah. these. They want to look like. I mean, I'm just now. I'm just picturing the Trident Cafe in Boulder that's been there since the '60s, and it's classic. I, they got a new espresso machine, mm-hmm. you know, five or six years ago. That was their big upgrade. Um, I mean, Allen Ginsberg used to hang out there. Like my dad was there in graduate school and stuff. Like it's never really changed. And so there's there's a real desire for new cafes to be like those old school guys you yeah. know there's something if that's the style you want is something comfortable for a perfect cappuccino and a whole lot of reading for school then it's you know that's a that's a i, I don't blame them for wanting to recreate that but yeah. it definitely it definitely is duplicating that like talking about this this argument from an authenticity perspective is kind of curious i don't really have any problems necessarily with with how a cafe does things, I don't particularly enjoy the sterile feel. That's so. That's exactly what I was gonna say. I, I don't. They'll make it how they make it. And yeah. Seattle. I don't agree with a lot of the new architecture in Seattle in general. Yeah. Like there's a lot of glass and concrete and stuff that's not very human scale or human mm-hmm. surfaces. And so I think that reflects just the style of having sterile yeah. buildings. 
But you go into these cafes that are new and they have, you know, 10,000 square feet of just white drywall with hard corners. And yeah. They're loud. And you can hear every conversation except the one that you need to hear in your head. You know, like they're, <laughs> right. they're, they're, yeah, they're unforgiving in the brightness and the, and, hmm. um, that was always kind of the joke. And, you know, one way to make money in coffee is to do drywall for all the new cafes. <laughs> <laughs> I don't think it's a death of authenticity, the end of it or whatever he calls it. No. Um, I think that it's something to consider if you're concerned about wanting your cafe to be authentic or your cafe experience as a consumer to be authentic, whatever that means. You can find that anywhere. It's generally at smaller businesses where there are authentic people behind it. Yeah, you, you, know? want it, you want to have an authentic feel to your cafe, like your local cafe. Um, get to know the people there. Mm-hmm. Like yep. if it's authentic, you're going to be able to tell. Yep. And it's not going to have anything really to do with, with the space. Generally not. Are we doing a hat? Or a, uh, oh, yeah. yeah. Mug, we're, mug we're, shot? We're going to do a mug shot. Do we have time? Yeah. Yeah, we got time. Uh, I would love to hear, before we get into that, I'd love to hear from like stories or photos of, of authentic or inauthentic coffee shops from our listeners. Oh, yeah. Or, I think it'd be funny. I mean, I think it's almost like I'd like an Instagram feed oh, well, yeah. of like authentic coffee shops. Like, what does an authentic coffee shop mean to somebody? That's a whole other topic area. Or, or just take a picture of your favorite coffee shop and like tag us on Instagram, Coffee Lovers Radio, or go to coffeeloversradio.com, go to this show and comment. That'd be interesting to see. What does what, what your favorite coffee shop look like? I'd be curious to see like how much variety we have in that or how much similarity. Yeah. Just not to make any judgments, just curious. Anyway, Instagram, Coffee Lovers Radio. Hit it up. Your My turn. turn this week. Your yeah. turn. Oh, all right. Uh, this actually came up in a conversation during my tour this last uh, this last weekend. Paper espresso cups to go coffee at all? No. What do you feel about to go coffee? No, no, no. Well, so whenever I'm in a cafe and I order an espresso and they ask me, "Do you want it for here?" I'm like, "Duh, it's an espresso." Like, even if I'm enjoying it, it's gonna take me a minute. Maybe if I'm chatting with someone five. Yep. I, I don't I'm irritated when the cafe asks me because when I order an espresso, I assume that I'm going to get it in a little porcelain cup. Yeah, exactly. But as a consumer, With a spoon, please. Yep. So as I can a, stir it. and so it irritates me when they ask me. But as a barista, I don't care where they drink their coffee. If they want it in a paper cup because they're a weird person that wanders away with their espresso, I guess that's. I guess that's then fine. they can do that. I, and I don't mean that like to knock the person on my tour because you were very nice, but he yeah. really did just like his drink of choice is straight up espresso yeah. and he was complaining that he got into a little argument with somebody in town here near the Pike Place Market because he asked for his espresso to go and they were lecturing him on how coffee could be yeah. better and he's like yeah I get it but I gotta go well, like so from a, from a cafe perspective you don't ever want to like try to lecture your customers with what they want ever, in the moment ever ever that's like a terrible move take their money if and the customer smile. wants it in a cup and you can offer that like to go then do it personally I think it's wasteful. I think you're not going to get the best experience right. from it. But if you if you got to go and you need to go, you, got, you can go. I just like... Espresso so small that it's kind of a weird area in that. Uh, yeah, it doesn't I, take long to drink. No, but I mean, if you want it in a paper cup and you ask for it and they have it, then yeah. more yeah. power to them. I mean, the wastefulness is certainly an element to that. Yeah, it, this, um, this taps into my, my dislike of coffee being treated as, as this consumptive drug. To me, coffee should be a delight that you enjoy. Yeah. If you want to drink it but if for you, a long time. I mean, people enjoy things all yeah, sorts of different ways. True. I don't know. 99.9% of the in- industry is is 
coffee for people yeah. that don't want to think about the fact that it's coffee. That's true. I, I just I struggle with the wastefulness aspect of of coffee and of to go cups in general. Or? Well, just like throughout coffee, all the all the mm-hmm. all the areas where there is such waste. Well, that came up on the same in tour. order to facilitate our laziness. Right. I mean, we could talk about getting natural processed coffees instead of wash processed just to be less wasteful in the whole supply chain. I mean, that's one of the reasons I love naturals. Uh, I mean, I just happen to like the taste experience better usually than wash coffees anyways. Yeah. But so, I also do like that they use a lot less resources to make. So Yeah, but coffee, like especially good coffee, I mean, it's, it's just like all produce that takes a lot of resources to go into it. And I think it, in so many levels, it... it it's frustrating. It's also fascinating, but it's frustrating to look at the entire coffee industry and to see the waste and see how much mm-hmm. consumption there is. Cause we don't consume anything else except for oil, which is the exact same problem. We don't yeah. consume anything else in the volume that we consume coffee. And so th- inherently you can't put as much care into it because it's, right. we don't eat that much steak. If we ate steak, like we eat coffee, drink coffee, you know, we'd have an entire a huge environmental problem with all the meat going into that. You we know, we do. <laughs> well, yeah, we still do, yeah, and it's not even. But like, I guess what I'm trying to say is the. Uh, no, as soon as we stop as treating as coffee, coffee like it's gasoline that we can just use yeah. it up, and it's a fuel to make us go, and it's just a yeah. power drink, it's a caffeine and a beverage that you're downing. As soon mm-hmm. as we can get away from that, as far as how we consume it, and into just enjoying our cup of coffee, then yeah, I, th- I that think that becomes relevant. But like the wastefulness yeah. of the entire thing of just this go go in general, just get out of your car and sit for a minute and have a cup of coffee. Yeah, you know, it's wasteful to be in your car eating. Yeah. It's wasteful to be driving. It's waste. You know, all this stuff. We can go down the line, and so. But I mean, those problems get into it's. It's not even like this is like deep societal psychological challenges, and I think and we're going to solve them here. Just, we have two minutes. Coffee is just a symptom of like much greater problems that we. Yeah, and it's a great indicator of it. I mean, yeah. it's an easy product to hide because it doesn't grow in North America, so you can hide where it's produced, and so we don't know very the, much about the, it. The huge consumption of it, too, is not just accepted, but promoted. Yep. Uh, you become part of a, I think that's what he says in this article. Of, of people, uh, you become a group of, become part of a group of people who are proud of how much coffee they consume mindlessly. Does he talk about that in here? Well, we're, he brings up that, that sign, that quote. Article. Yeah, back to authenticity. Hmm. Uh, where, uh, as you walk into the shop, there's a sign to the right that says, quote, a day without coffee is like dot, dot, dot. Just kidding. We have no idea. Yeah. And he says, which is clever because it means they haven't had a day without coffee in so long that they can't remember a day without coffee is like. Well, and I get, and that's, I, but that's like, that's that consumption is like, if you don't know what it's like to not drink coffee, then what are you drinking every day? You know, so, what supply chain are you supplying? And if you're really like, then, then, I mean, you get into classism and how much money are you spending on coffee that's going to be sourced yeah. ethically. And, and so it's interesting that um, that sign statement reminds me of. So when I was at the height of using social media for the magazine, the stuff that worked the best were these trite quotes and memes. Oh, you hated um, that. I, I, you I tried still do. so hard doing that. I, I used them at the beginning because they worked. And I like I did the logical marketing thing of test a bunch of stuff out and then leverage what works. And what worked the best were these stupid memes and quotes. And like I have a couple cute feel signs. Good messages, yeah. I can't remember them. Yeah. yeah. I wish I could remember them off the top of my head. But they're meaningless quotes that just have to do with consuming coffee more and how funny it is. Like, are you, yeah, or like death before decaf kind yeah, of thing. That kind of, that kind of ridiculous nonsense. Like, it's also what's ruining the internet. Yeah, it is. <laughs> like, 
It's also talking about wasteful. Where's all that data stored in some coal powered, yeah, you know, data center in China or India? And it's all consuming power to keep a meme floating in somebody's Instagram history. I mean, it's, it's obscene. Yeah. The way we consume. Trying to solve the problem from the coffee's perspective is kind of backwards because it's, it's just another symptom of yep. a larger. So if you have to get your coffee to go, don't be afraid to ask for it. There are some really cool new reusable cups that are awesome that are coming out. There's some new ones. I forget they're called. They're, um, you can find them. They're made out of, they're made out of ex- expired coffee grounds. Oh, yeah, yeah. And they last several times in the dishwasher, and then you compost them. Oh, that's interesting. Um, they're pretty slick. Um, you know, there's also that kind of stuff that helps with the consumption level of it. Some people just like to go. I think it's important that people chill and yeah. sit down every once in a while and enjoy their coffee. That's how you get to know the cafe. That's how you know if it's authentic or not. Yeah, if you're at I a drive-thru or just getting it to go, then the less authentic it's going to be if most of the clientele leaves. Right. There's less inclination to make it a more comfortable place. Also, yeah. the more the less you hang out there and socialize for a little bit, then the more inclined people are just going to be to use those tables and hide there with their MacBooks. And then that inherently makes it less authentic because it's the same data-driven <laughs> I, jobs. I love walking and, by. We, so we were at a cafe earlier, and it was filled with people just quietly sitting and working and not buying anything. There was yeah, and there was no there tables was, open. We got like, our last two chairs. I walked by Milstead on the way to meet you, and it was the same. Yep. It was just packed full of people just sitting and yep. heads down working on their stuff. No interactions. Um, and that's I don't know how they stay open. I certainly enjoyed working in a cafe before, so I can't. You know, it's a hard. It's a hard thing to judge. But it just feels weird. It feels weird looking at a cafe like that where it's filled with people. It's who not are comfortable. And also, they're just sitting there in mooching space. I mean, even if you're going to have two or three coffee drinks, I mean, that's still not right. If you need, an, if you need an office, there is, there is the, that, this totally other subject, but that issue of using a cafe for your office. Yeah, we should uh, stop the episode now <laughs> and start writing down some of these ideas right. for future hat ideas. Oh, yeah. Okay, we did make this episode a little longer than usual. Thank you for listening. We really love yeah. you. Visit coffeeloversradio.com. Check out the show notes, comment, share. Um, Get onto our Patreon. If you have a friend who would enjoy listening to us ramble about such concepts, please share the podcast with them. Yeah. Coffeeloversradio.com. Thank you for listening. Commenting. This has been Joseph and Jesse with Coffee Lovers Radio. Thank you for listening. Please subscribe to our show and sign up for the email newsletter. Visit coffeeloversradio.com. There you can listen to our shows and click through to our Patreon page to get expanded show notes and other fun stuff. Coffee Lovers Radio is a partnership between Extracted Magazine and Conduit Coffee. Just visit coffeeloversradio.com and we'll see you on the show.